What's up, Daw Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Behind the Daw. Now, if you are brand spanking new to the podcast, welcome. It's so awesome to have you here. Um, this is a podcast where we uh, interview music producers, singers, songwriters, sound designers, music industry experts, anyone on that spectrum on an emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, and overall music business basis. Um, usually, we do have a guest. With This is one of the episodes where we don't have a guest because I have a really, really profound concept that I want to bring to you today, Daw Nation, one that I truly believe that if you listen to and you take the heart that is it is going to change your life this is something that i've been researching and figuring out how to word for nearly 10 years now and it has massively changed my life it has changed everyone's life that i have spoken to that i've taught this to that has implemented it right this is this is something that is going to make your music journey just so much more enjoyable so much more fruitful so much more streamlined right if you understand this concept it's also going to help with your relationships it's also going to help with just your life in general right we're not just music producers we're multifaceted human beings and this concept Seriously, I feel like this is this is a concept that should literally be taught every year to every human being, but it's not, and it's not well known, and it, and it, and it kind of breaks my heart to be honest because I know how much pain and suffering can be alleviated knowing this concept, and this concept is what I call a distortion. Now, this is different. This is different than what most of the music producers are thinking right now. I'm not talking about taking a waveform and like rounding off the edges and pushing it to its limits and 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 saturating it and clipping it. I'm not talking about that type of distortion. I'm talking about a distortion in the mind and what that actually means. And I promise you that if you make it all the way to the end of this podcast, which is not a very long podcast, by the way, if you're, if you're strapped for time, put it on 2x speed, that's fine. But I promise you that if you get to the end, you will receive some type of epiphany, some type of information that is going to help you in your journey, in your music production journey or your, or your music journey in general. And I also want to recommend to you that if there is something in here that truly resonates with you, that really, really helps you out, I would highly encourage you to take a screenshot, tag it on social media or, or put a post on social media, tag me on there, dot underscore nation on Instagram. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you over there. Also to share it with someone that you feel like needs it, right? We're all in this together, right? And so if this resonates with you, share it with the other musicians in your life that you feel like need to hear this, okay? This is specifically for anyone that really, really struggles with anxiety, with depression, which frankly, after doing over 200 episodes of In the Dawn, Behind the Dawn, as well as speaking with thousands of producers that watch the series and closely working with a handful of, of producers doing courses and so on and so forth, that anxiety and depression is virtually in every single producer that i've ever worked with there's only been like three out of like a thousand that really don't struggle with it now i'm not saying that you have to struggle with it immensely like to the point where like you can't even function as a human being anymore but i i am also saying that if that is you then this applies as well all right and even if it's not to that point even if it's to the point that it's just making your day a little bit harder you can feel the friction. You're like, oh man, I wish I didn't struggle with these feelings. I wish I could just create, right? I wish I could do that. Then this podcast is for you. And I want to share my story really quickly before getting into how to apply this information, okay? And I want to, I want to, I want to explain the pain that I went through in order to achieve this information so that you don't have to, right? I went through the pain. I went through the struggle. I went through the study and spent all the money on therapy and so on and so forth so that I could bring this to you on a silver platter so that you can just partake of it right now. So you don't have to go through that. I mean, you'll still have to do your own work and figure out how to apply it into your own life. I want you to know that I've already done a lot of the work for you. 
And now I'm presenting it to you. As many of you know that have been listening to the podcast for a while, I deeply, 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 deeply struggle with anxiety and depression for a multitude of different reasons. I have noticed a correlation between creatives and anxiety and depression. Um, I think it's because we have incredibly creative minds and I feel like therefore they are overactive in some places. And maybe that's wrong, maybe that's right. I'm not entirely sure. It's just a theory. However, I've deeply struggled with it for years, whether that's by virtue of who I am, whether that's by virtue of the traumatic experiences that I had as a child, whether it's any of those things, you know, I'm not here to discuss that at that time, but I have struggled with it. I mean, to the point where, you know, suicide was an option many, many, many times where I would see someone at a funeral and envy them and envy that they didn't have to experience the pain of this life anymore. It's like, it was like that deep. That's, I mean, that's on the deeper end. I mean, the more watered down version of that is that it just affects my life daily. It affects how I feel when things don't work the way that I want them to, or when I get rejected, or when I see a negative comment about a piece of content that we created or so on and so forth, right? I'm sure as you as music producers, you understand this. My question to you before I really get into the story is, is this necessary? Is these type of feelings, these anxiety, depressed feelings, are they necessary? Are they needed in order for you to have a thriving music career or just a thriving life in general? Are they needed? Is there any evidence? Is there any study that is done that says, yes, in order for you to be massively successful, in order for you to have an intense amount of impact on the world, you have to feel anxiety. It is required for you to be depressed. Is that true? And the answer is no, not even kind of, not even a little bit. In fact, being anxious, having anxiety, being depressed, having depression is going to hinder you because you got to think about it. Your mind is your greatest asset. It is the thing that is going to propel you and your life forward. And if it is malfunctioning, which when there is anxiety and there is depression, it is malfunctioning. 100 percent i'll explain why a little bit later it is malfunctioning and whenever there is a malfunction that malfunction is not serving you it is a hindrance it is keeping you from doing what you need to do 100 percent of the time so is it necessary no absolutely not it needs to be destroyed it needs to be eradicated it is it is unacceptable right for you to reach your full potential for you to help as many people as you need to for you to create the type of music that truly resonates with you and actually make an impact on the world these things need to be eradicated Otherwise, they are going to be taking up mental RAM inside of your mind. They are going to be affecting your decisions. They are going to tempt you to create fear-based decisions. They're going to keep you from completing tasks and so on and so forth. So hopefully at this point, I hope I've convinced you that you do not need this. You do not need depression. You do not need anxiety in order for you to have a thriving music career. I have heard from people that have said, hey, well, in the, in the deepest anxiety, depressive times, it has helped me create really deep music. And to that, I say, I agree. I've done the same thing. And there's been a lot of really hard times where I've created really great music. I would suggest that that doesn't, that is not an excuse to keep it. That is not a reason to keep it. Life is hard enough without anxiety and depression. You will have plenty of experiences that you need to go through that will give you really great insight and really great inspiration to create music without anxiety and depression. Again, where is the study? Where is the evidence that suggests in order for you to make absolutely amazing music, you have to be anxious, you have to be depressed? The answer is that there is none. In fact, it's usually after you've been anxious and depressed when you're back in your normal mind that you're actually making the music, the making the music that actually 
actually resonates with you. So no, it is not a necessity. About 10 years ago, and this is where this all really started because I'm, I'm coming up on the 10 year mark of when this all happened, is that I had an intense, intense, intense mental breakdown and it was really, really devastating for me and my family. It had to do with, um, at the time, for those who have also listened to the podcast, you know that we were very open about religion here, not forcing religion on anyone, but being very honest and open and allowing for other people's beliefs on the podcast. I served a mission for my church. And when I was on my mission, I had intense, intense anxiety, like panic attacks on average around every two to four hours for 28 days straight. Um, I lost 20 pounds. I was 150 pounds at the time. I lost 20 pounds. I'm six foot one, by the way. So being 150 pounds is already kind of underweight. And then dropping down to 130 pounds or 120, I can't remember, is, I mean, we're talking 10, 10 years ago, is extremely unhealthy. At which point I returned home from my mission. And, you know, I've been going to therapy for a really long time. Immediately upon coming home, there was the common the common reaction to when you're depressed and when you're anxious, which is you got to get on an antidepressant. All right. So you got to get on Prozac. You got to get on Zoloft. You got to get on um, Sertraline. You got to get on whatever it is. Lexapro. You got to get on Lexapro. You got to get on whatever it is. I've tried all of them and some of them helped, but none of them helped. You know what I mean? They, they took the edge off. It didn't solve it. It got rid of the smoke, but not rid of the fire, so to say. Right. That was really devastating. Nothing Nothing is more devastating when you are feeling anxiety and depression and you're like, you think of this thing, this thing that is going to help you, right? This pill that is going to help you, this, this uh, therapy session that is going to help you. And then you're, you're just waiting, you're, you're like suffering until you can get that effect, until you can start taking the pills, until you, until you wait for them to take effect or for you to, you're suffering until you're, you're in the therapy session. And then when it's done, you don't feel any better. That is one of the most crushing feelings in the world. That is one of the most hopeless feelings in the entire world. It wasn't until 10 years ago where I went to a therapist. I'll tell you his name, by the way, if any of you are in the Utah area, more than, more than happy to hook you up with him. He's amazing. His name is Jonathan Sandberg. He works in Provo. Um, and he brought this concept up to me, which is called CBT, stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. And the theory is, is that about 98% of people that have anxiety and depression, having antidepressants should be the secondary concept that will help them. The primary concept is cognitive behavioral therapy. Look at the feelings that you are having. Trace them back to the thoughts that caused them. Understand the distortions. Remember, we mentioned distortions in the beginning. Understand the distortions that are causing those thoughts, at which point you can replace that thought with a more logical and factual and evidence-based thought, at which point this will change the feelings that you have. Basically, in a nutshell, what you think is what you feel. So if you're feeling bad, change the way that you think and you will feel good. That's in a nutshell what CBT was. I gotta be honest, as someone that's went to therapy for years at that point and that was struggling immensely, ultra skeptical, really skeptical. There is no way that it was that simple, that all I had to do was examine a thought, change the thought, and somehow this would reverse the anxiety, reverse the depression, and so on and so forth. But I gave it a shot because frankly, I was hopeless and I didn't know what to do. So I tried it. It worked. It was the only thing in up to that point. I've been at that point. I was going to therapy for like 10 years at that point. It was the only thing that actually brought me understanding that actually helped. And I went back to our next session and I was like, why doesn't everyone know about this? 
And he's like, I have no idea. I teach it to everyone. It's everyone says the same thing. It freaking changes their life. It helps them immensely. I don't know why we don't talk about this more. And I was like, how, how is this working? Why is this working the way that it is? And Jonathan explained it to me like this. He's like, we live in our caveman ancestor bodies, right? We live in an ultra futuristic technological world, but we're still in our caveman ancestor bodies. Back then they had to worry about everything. They had to worry about food. They had to worry about lions outside of the cave. They had to worry about people just randomly dying or getting you know, too cold in the night or whatever it is, right? All the things that our ancestors had to worry about. They had to worry about every single leaf that they brushed up against because it could be poisonous and kill them. In order to combat that so that we could survive, the brain intensely developed the part called the amygdala. And the amygdala is a beautiful, beautiful, gorgeous thing. It is the part of the brain that literally keeps you alive. For example, let's imagine this really quick. If I was sitting in front of you right now and I had a box full of black widows, which for those who don't know is a very venomous spider um, in the United States. It's probably outside the United States. I'm not sure. But if I had that and I had that box and I sat it in front of you and I said, stick your hand in there immediately, even right now, you are feeling inside of your mind, your amygdala saying, no, do not do that. Right? That is the amygdala trying to keep you alive. It is beautiful. The amygdala, you've probably heard of this thing before. It's called the flight or fight response. At, that is housed inside of the amygdala. But the thing is, and this is Jonathan continuing to explain this, is that though we live in a world that doesn't have nearly the threats that our ancient ancestors had, we still have that incredibly powerful amygdala. And for lack of a better term, it gets bored. It, when it doesn't feel like it's been active, it acts up. We live in a world where it is hyperactive. We need to train our amygdala to, for lack of a better term, calm the freak down so that we can actually function properly because we don't have to worry about walking outside and there being a mountain lion in our backyard right? We have to walk outside and see in the distance and, and see, uh, you know, the, a, a village being, you know, burned alive. And we're about to be taken over by an army that just, that doesn't happen very often in our day and age. And so we need to train our brains to actually look out for the things that are dangerous and sift through the things or let go of the things that are not dangerous. For example, right now, here's a great example of an amygdala that is overactive, but is not, is not correct. It's not serving you, right? It's basically lying to you. When you put out a song, I'm sure that most of you have felt this before. When you put out a song, you feel fear. You feel fear that they're going to, people are going to judge you, or you feel fear that you miss something, or you feel fear that no one's going to listen to it, or you feel fear X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. You feel fear. That is your amygdala starting to go. You're starting to feel anxiety, you're starting to feel depressed about it. You're starting to feel stressed about it, so on and so forth. Really, why are you feeling that? You shouldn't have to be feeling that. That's not, ne that's not necessary. And what it is, is your amygdala telling you that you're in danger. Anxiety is to keep you alive. You're supposed to feel anxiety to keep you alive in life-threatening situations, right? If you're at a bank and someone walks in with a gun, you will be pumped full of anxiety to keep you alive. That is when anxiety is necessary. Not inside of the music career when people won't listen to your songs or don't like your songs. That is not when it's necessary. That is a misuse of anxiety. And I would say that even depression, there's not even really a proper use for depression, right? That's just, that's, that's a whole different conversation. But you get the concept, right? I'm sure that all of you can think of a time when in your life when you have felt the overactive amygdala. Like maybe when you had to do a public speech, maybe when you were really afraid to go across the room and talk to that girl and get her number, maybe when you were about to become a father or a, or a mother and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. 
the first thing about parenting. I don't know how I'm going to raise this person. I don't want to mess it up. Like I did, like my parents messed me up or whatever it is. Right. That is the amygdala being overactive. Your life is not threatened in that, in that instance, there's a difference between anxiety and concern. Concern does not overwhelm you. Concern does not like bring you to your knees and wonder what the freak is going on with your life. Concern is like, Oh, Hey, uh, I didn't realize there was a nail right here. I guess I should pick it up and, and, and go throw it away. So everyone's safe. And then you move on immediately. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's, there's a difference between anxiety and concern. There's a difference between depression and concern. So now that's, that's my story with that. And so that's led me to think heavily over the last 10 years about anxiety and depression. The more I share this type of information with people, the more it helps them because there, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that have been on antidepressants for years and they're still like, they're just barely, barely holding on by a thread. I teach them this. And within like a week, they're feeling immensely better, unbelievably better. Now, listen, that happens most of the time. I am not suggesting at any, at any length that you should just yeet your antidepressants right out the window. There are some cases where there is a chemical imbalance. There are some cases where something much bigger than anxiety and depression where medication is needed. I am not a pharmacist. I am not a doctor. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not any of those things. I'm just going off you know, my experience and speaking to the professionals along the way. So do not take medical advice from me at face value. What I'm suggesting is look at the information that I'm bringing up here, do your own research, and then make a calculated decision best on for what's best for your life. From my experiences is that 98% of the anxiety and the depression that I have felt was not a pill based solution. Meaning that if I took pills, it's, that's not really what helped it. It was a cognitive behavioral therapy solution. Meaning I had to do cognitive behavioral therapy in order for me to retrain my thoughts. And then after that happened, I felt better. I felt great. I felt amazing. That's been the experience for me. That's been the experience, a lot of the experience of people that I've talked to. But again, I would consult your doctors. I would consult your therapist and see if there's an option for you. I would try it for yourself. Anyways, so there's the big disclaimer with that. Okay. So this is all great, Wyatt. This is fantastic. Okay. So this is a really deep concept. So now what do you do with this? Right? What, what, where do we go from this? And I would like to perform an experiment right now. Seriously, right, right here, right now, I'd like to perform an experiment where I actually do cognitive behavioral therapy on myself right now in front of you so that you can actually see how this looks in real time. I am going to pick a thought that is bringing me anxiety right now. I am going to pick apart this thought to find all of the distortions. And then I am going to replace that thought with a more factual, logical, and evidence-based solution. At which point, I'm going to feel better because I changed my thoughts and thoughts dictate how you feel the vast majority of the time. So I'm going to do that. Now, there are there is something that I need to mention to you first. I want to mention, I want to go a little bit deeper into distortions, right? And distortions, these are the things that, that the amygdala, whenever it is overactive, it is because there is a distortion in the mind. It's because you are internalizing something that is not true, something that is distorted as truth, as absolute. Frankly, this is this is embarrassing to say, but... It's shocking how much we as humans know that we are imperfect, know that we are flawed, know that we mess up all the time. But for some reason, we believe that the vast majority of the thoughts that we believe or the, the vast majority of the thoughts that we think or the vast majority of the things that we hear or the first thoughts that we have, we immediately, immediately lump that underneath truth. We immediately lump that underneath the final, the final verdict. 
it's shocking. It's shocking to think about how flawed we are, but when it comes to our thoughts, we immediately think that we're right. This is ultimately where a lot of distortions come from. We assume that the first thought that we have, which is usually a distorted thought, is correct. And that causes a lot, a lot of mental dissonance and a lot of mental pain. Let me very quickly explain how I'm going to do this experiment right now. I have a form and I'm more than happy to send this form to literally any of you. Any of you can have this. You just DM me on Instagram and I can send this to you. Okay. But it's a form that I fill out. It comes from a book. It's, the book is called uh, when, it, when Panic Attacks, which I highly encourage anyone to read. It's specifically about cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, it's a form that you fill out. It's called a daily mood log. And it helps you identify the way that you're feeling. It helps you identify the thoughts that you're having, how much you believe that thought. It helps you identify the distortions in that thought. And then it helps you create a new thought to replace it. Okay. Now, what I would highly encourage you to do is as I'm filling this out, replace it with your own thoughts. Think of something right now that is bothering you. All you have to say is I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling betrayed. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling whatever it is, whatever you are currently feeling right now, replace that with all the things that I'm about to do right now, but I have this form up in front of me right now. So it's going to say, what is the upsetting event? Was there an event that caused this, right? Did you have a fight with someone? Did someone say something? Did you think about something? So on and so forth. So for me, the event is recording this podcast and I'll, it'll make sense in just one second. So recording this podcast was the event that caused these feelings, right? At which point is going to ask you, what are the emotions that you're feeling right now? So you're clearly stating the emotions that you have. There's a nice little drop down menu right here and there's all these emo emotions right here. Am I feeling sad, blue or depressed? No, I'm not really feeling that. Am I feeling anxious, worried and panicky? Yes, I am feeling that. What about guilty, remorseful, bad? No, I'm not feeling that. Inferior, I kind of am, feel am feeling inferior right now. Um, am I feeling lonely, involved or unwanted? Not really. Am I feeling embarrassed? I'm feeling kind of embarrassed if I'm being real. Am I feeling hopeless? Ah! No, not really hopeless. Frustrated. In a way, I feel frustrated. Yeah. Am I angry, mad, or resentful? Not really. And if there's any other uh, feelings, you can, uh, there's also an other tab inside of there, right? Cool. I've stated my emotions here. Okay. So now it goes down to what is the negative thought that are, that is causing these feelings? And to be honest, Donation, the thought is, is that I'm being vulnerable. I feel like I'm being judged right now. I feel like I am weak because I have these things and I'm bringing this up. I feel embarrassed that I have this. I'm bringing this. I'm, I'm showing you my wounds right now. I'm showing you my insecurities right now. And so I feel self-conscious about that. And I'm feeling kind of worried that people are going to be like, oh, dude, why it's such an idiot. He's blah, 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 or he's so on, so on and so forth. Right. I know right now, I know just from doing this daily mood log for a long time, I know that's my amygdala speaking, but that is how I'm feeling. And I'm honoring how I'm feeling. I'm being honest with how I feel, right? And I know I'm going to fix it, but I know this is how I'm feeling right now. So I'm putting down the negative thought right now. I feel, I feel weak, insecure, and panicked that people are seeing my wounds, that they are judging me because of it, that they will no longer listen to the podcast, no longer because of it, that they will make fun of me because of it. I want you to understand how hard this is for me to be doing it right now. I hope you understand. Like I'm really trying to be as authentic and as real as possible right now. Boom. I have, I have my negative thought right here, right here. I feel weak, insecure, and panicked that people are seeing my wounds, that they, that they are judging me because of it, that they will no longer listen to the podcast because of it, that they will make fun of me because of it, that this will decrease sales. So, so I can keep going. I mean, you can, you can be as expansive about stating the negative thought as you want to, but you are being honest about it. You are not hiding how you feel. You are not 
retracting how you feel or minimizing how you are feeling because of what other people may think. No, no, no. I'm being honest. I mean, do you know anyone else that's gotten on a podcast episode and said, listen, I'm really vulnerable right now. I'm really exposing my wounds to you right now. I'm so on and so forth. Like I'm literally going to try and show that I have a mental distortion right now and I'm going to fix it right in front of you. Do you know anyone else that has done that? I don't. So you're being honest with yourself. Cool. So we have stay in the neg- negative thoughts. The very next step is that there are distortions. There's the distortions tab right here. And this shows all the distortions that can happen inside of the human mind. Now, there are more distortions being added every year. They're they're discovering more and more distortions every year, but basically they fall within these 10 categories right here. So now the job is to show myself that not only is there just one distortion, but there's probably going to be a bunch of them. And knowing that even if there's one distortion, if there is one distortion on any thought It is absolute garbage. I actually have a really amazing quote that I shared on Facebook the other day that I'm going to share later on today that really emphasizes how toxic and how horrible distortions are, okay? So if you have a thought and there is even one distortion inside of that thought, that thought is trash. That thought should be thrown away and obliterated immediately. First type of distortion is what's called all or nothing thinking. You view things in absolute black and white categories. There's no gray area. It's it's, is either this or it is either this period. End of discussion right now. Listen, there are some times where that can happen. For example, this is either an orange or this is an apple. But a lot of the times there is a crossover. Oh, by the way, that's an apple orange. That's a that's an orange. That's a, you know, if they crossbred between an apple and an orange or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? A lot of the time, vast majority of time, there is gray areas, right? So inside of here, am I seeing this is absolutely yes, I, I feel like I am being judged. I feel like this is going to deter people away from the podcast. I feel feel like this is going to decrease sales. I feel like this. Yes, I am. I am all or nothing right now. The second type of distortion is overgeneralization. You view a negative event as a never ending pattern of defeat. I would say that I am overgeneralizing this. I mean, I, I'm literally taking everyone that is listening to this and assuming that they are all the same type of people, that they are not compassionate whatsoever, that they are not open-minded, that they are not trying to find the value inside of this and that they are, that there are those that are, that are trying to do, to, to attack me, to, to find fault, to, to bring me down in any way. I, I, I feel like I'm generalizing basically all the listeners that way, which isn't fair. That's a distortion. So yeah, there's two distortions. I mean, we're already, just the fact that we have one distortion is already in the realm to show that this, this thought is garbage, right? But we're already on two. Oh my gosh, this is like getting charged with double murder at this point, right? And we're just going to keep stacking up the charges now. Next one, the third one is mental filter. You dwell on the negatives and ignore the positives. Am I? A hundred percent. I am not taking into account all the people that are listening to this. So this is probably really freaking helping that this is really, really helping you understand your thoughts. Cool. So I am, I, I have a third distortion now. Okay. We're going to the fourth distortion, discounting the positive. You insist that your positive qualities don't count a hundred percent, dude. Are you kidding me? I'm saying all I'm, I, I feel like I'm bearing this and I have no positive qualities and that I'm just sharing my wounds and there's no value for this to people a hundred percent. Oh dude, we, we got, we got four distortions so far. We're, we're, we, we got a quadruple homicide right now. This is awful. All right. Number five, jumping to conclusions. I'm mind reading. Are you kidding me? That's literally the definition of what I'm doing right now. I'm also fortune telling. I'm a assuming I know what's going to happen in the future. Okay. Got another distortion, which by the way, this one, this one, this one distortion, if you understand this, this will help you more with your relationships than any other, anything else in the world. Assuming that you are mind reading what the other person is feeling or thinking, assuming that you know what they are going to do, what, how they're going to act or react and so on and so forth. That is a distortion. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Sixth one is magnification and minimization. You blow things out of proportion or shrink them down. I think by definition, I am 100% blowing these things out of proportion. Um, emotional reading, you reason 
um, from your feelings. I feel like an idiot, so I must really be one. Or in this case, I feel like you are going to judge me. Therefore, you must really judge me. This is a distortion. We got seven. We're literally seven for seven right now. Let's keep going. Should statements. You use should statements, shouldn't statements, must statements, lights, like statements, or have to statements. I didn't use those inside of here, at least that I remember. Wow, we actually missed a distortion. Congratulations, guys. And then the ninth one right here is labeling. Instead of saying, I made a mistake, you say, I'm a jerk. I'm a loser. I would say inadvertently, I am saying this. I am saying people are going to think this kind of stuff. I am this stuff, right? Because... I think that they're going to think I am weak. I really am weak. Instead of saying, okay, I am struggling with this. I am saying I am a mess. I am broken. I am so-and-so and so forth, right? So yes, I am going to do a labeling. And then the 10th and final distortion, which is blame. Either self-blame or blaming others is keeping you from solving the problem. I would say that I'm self-blaming now. It's like, why? Like, come on, why? You should you should know this by now. You've been doing CBT for 10 years, right? You've, 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 you've already grown a podcast to enormous lengths and to an enormous size why worry about this now right i'm self-blaming myself cool there's another distortion right there bam okay so you've seen so far that i have labeled or, or, or i've stated the way that i've been feeling i brought up the negative thoughts and then i have identified at least nine different distortions at this point listen again it only needs one distortion to be trash this is nine distortions in one thought that is horrific to even suggest that this thought has any value or any redeeming qualities is just asinine at this point. Okay. So now we've done that. So now my, my brain, if I'm being real, is starting to relax a little bit. Okay. It's like, Oh, cause I understand that when there's distortions, like, okay, that's not true. That's not true, but it's not, we're not finished yet. It's not enough just to attack the thought It's not enough just to identify, Hey, this thought, this thought is trash. It's not enough. We have to also replace the thought. Okay, so that comes to the next part right here, which is what is the positive thought or the logical, factual and evidence-based thought that I can replace with this? There is no way that everyone that is listening to this podcast is, falls within that category. There's no way. There has been multiple people many times where I have been very vulnerable on the podcast before reach out to me and express their gratitude. Tell me how much it helped them. Tell me how, because I said this, it helped them in these really intense aspects that they are struggling with. Next part of the, you know, replacing with positive thought. Even if there are people that reach out to me, dude, that was way, what are you doing? Just stick to music production stuff. Dude, what are you doing? Just stick to interviewing other people. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Dude, what are you, blah, 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 blah. Even if people reach out and say that to me, that does not degrade the information that I have suggested here. I know that this is helping some people. I know that this is helping probably a lot of people, probably a lot. And so that is worth it in and of itself, just because there's some people that just because there are people that are upset at this or don't feel comfortable with this does not mean that this doesn't have value. That is that is illogical at the highest level. And just because I am vulnerable, just because I am human, just because I am flawed does not mean I am weak, does not mean I am worthless, that I don't have value. Does not Just because I felt pain does not mean that I can bring impact and help people. In fact, it usually means the opposite. It usually means that I can help people, that I can bring my experiences to the, to the table, that I can help them through what they're going through. And that thought right there, that big thought right there, which is like, there's no way that everyone feels the same about this podcast. There's no way this isn't going to help people. There's no way that I can please everyone. And that's fine. There's no way that because I am showing my vulnerabilities that I am weak, that I am, that I am valueless, that I am worthless. Just by virtue of me saying that thought right there, that positive, logical, factual based thought right there is already making me feel better. It's making me get through it. 
is helping me understand, wow, I'm really glad that I took that thought, that I dissected it, and that now I have replaced it. Because I'm feeling better. I'm feeling the stress off my shoulders right now. How much do I believe this thought? I believe it 100% because it's completely logical, factual, and evidence-based. And the thought, the antithesis of the thought that I just had, the opposite, the polar opposite of the thought that I just said, which was, I'm afraid that people are going to judge me. I'm afraid this is going to reflect on me badly. I'm afraid, blah, 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 blah. That's gone now. And if it returns, I'll just remind myself of this thought. And eventually my mind will be like, that's right. Why are we wasting energy bringing this old thought back up? This old thought that we've already concluded is a criminal that is that needs to be put away in, in mental prison forever, right? Why, why are we allowing him to keep coming back out? No, he needs a longer sentence. Go back, go, go, go back into mental prison for a couple more years at bare minimum. Increase security around his cell. That's what's going on here, okay? I really hope this helped you. I really hope that you seeing this process is going to help you. Again, if you want this, literally this form right here, you can have it. I will give it to you. You can fill out literally this multiple times a day, three times a day. You can do it out once, once a week, once a month. It doesn't matter to me. This is as long as it's helping you, this type of process is going to help you thrive in your music career. Could you imagine? Think of something right now. Think of something right now. You're afraid to reach out to someone to collaborate. You're afraid to reach out to that label. You're afraid to, to put this song out. You're afraid that your production isn't up to par. You're afraid that this, this course that you just bought to help you with music production isn't going to help you or whatever it is. What are you afraid about with your music production right now? What is causing you stress? What is causing you anxiety? What is causing you depression? What is What are those thoughts inside of your mind right now? Run it through the system. Seriously, don't take my word for it. Literally, just go try it. I'm telling you, you literally only have to do this once. Do it once and you will immediately start feeling better. I'm not saying you're going to feel massively better. You're going to have to, the more distortions that you work through, the better that you're going to feel. This There's a direct correlation to how many distortions are in your mind and how good you feel. The more distortions that are in your mind, the worse you are going to feel. The least amount of distortions in your mind, the better you are going to feel. That's a law that is a promise. That is, there's no way around that. That is not opinion. That is 100% fact. Now, I want to share as as just a closing statement with this. I want to share a quote with you that I thought about this last Saturday. So I was sitting out on my on my front porch in Utah, and I was looking out at the giant Utah County Mountains. They're freaking enormous for those who haven't seen them. They're insane. I really thought about the last 10 years specifically the last year, because the last year has been very difficult for a lot of different reasons. But what I realized is that, I, you know, I've gained a lot of stress with donation over the last year, with trying to finish courses, with recording more ads, with re re receiving feedback and, and, and trying to increase the value of our courses and increase the value of our podcasts and so on and so forth, right? And I've really thought about that. And the last year, to be honest, donation in a lot of ways has become a burden. In a lot of ways, it's been a blessing and, and a lot of fun, but a lot of ways it's been a burden. And I wondered why. And then it only took a couple of seconds for me to realize it's because of the distortions. And so I started working through the distortions in my mind with donation. Oh my gosh, I came out the end feeling amazing. I'm like, oh yeah, I freaking love this thing. I love doing a podcast episodes. I love creating courses and tutorials and so on and so forth. I love seeing the impact that we are having with producers. This is incredible. What? I can't believe I even thought that this was stressful. This is amazing because I work through my distortions. But from that, because I spent time to think about that, especially not just with donation, but other experiences that I've had over the last 10 years, it really helped me think about distortions and how to label them and the correct mindset to have about distortions. Because a distortion, you cannot underplay, you cannot underestimate a distortion. It is not something that's like, it, it, basically what I went through is something that you should never go through. The minute, the second, the very moment that you have 
an anxiety provoking feeling or, or depressive thought, or you get stressed or anything of that nature. The very second that that happens, you should go into immediate distortion microscope mode. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Is my life in danger? Yes or no? Yes? Okay, this is real. No? Okay, then it's a distortion. Every single time, that's how it is. And the vast majority of the time, the answer will be no. Okay, okay, my life is not in danger. If there's a distortion, we need to find it right here, right now. We have an intruder. We have to get rid of him immediately because all he's going to do is wreak havoc. And it made me, thinking about this concept, created this this rush of revelation that I had about distortions. I want to share that revelation with you. That's this, this really deep concept. I shared this on Facebook the other day. It seemed to have really resonated with a lot of people. And I want to share that with you right now. So it goes like this, quote, distortions in the minds are the equivalent of a pandemic, a plague, an all-consuming force that has no other intention to obliterate everything in its wake in the most horrific and torturous way possible. To allow distortions to roam free and unchecked in your mind is to allow a mental assassin into the most sacred parts of your mind while also knowing that his only desire is to watch you and everyone you love burn from the inside out. Every thought, idea, and concept that enters into one's mind should be dissected by the mental sentinels that stand guard to your higher mind. These should be checked, double-checked, and triple-checked to make sure there are no distortions allowed entrance. Distortions are not only an enemy. They are the enemy. A distortion is not simply one tool that Satan uses. All of his tools from the beginning of his tyrannical reign has been forged in the ferocious roaring fires of distortions. All distortions are to be located and obliterated on sight. No exceptions. The idea that any distortion has any type of value or redeeming quality is nothing more than a pernicious fallacy. If there is any distortion inside of any thought about any subject at any time for any reason, that thought should be treated as hostile hostile, malicious, and fatal, and should be eradicated immediately. A distortion is the antithesis of truth. It is impossible for both to coexist. They are mortal and immortal enemies. A distortion is the ultimate opposition in its most refined and potent form. A distortion will destroy everything you believe in, everything and everyone that you love, and every bit of potential that you hold, without even the tiniest iota of mercy. There is only one type of creature that can find, identify, identify and annihilate a distortion. This is a creature that has and exercises free will. And by definition, if you are listening to this, that creature is you. Now, hopefully that affected you the same way it affected me. That was profound. I don't know where that came from, but it truly resonates with me and it shows the intensity of how we should treat distortions. It should not merely be, oh, hey, there's a distortion, but I'm busy right now. Maybe I'll get to it later. Or, oh yeah, what was I supposed to do when I feel distortions? It shouldn't be anything like that. It should be at the forefront of our minds. Whenever we feel anxiety or depression or stress or any other negative emotion, whatever it may be, the immediate thought that should come is, is my life in danger? Yes or no? If yes, we'll freaking protect your life. If no, it's a distortion. We need to address this immediately. This is of the utmost importance. I will not allow anything into my mind that can wreak havoc. The fact is that it's not the distortion come in there and just like quietly sit in the waiting room waiting, waiting for you to address it. No, no, no. The minute that it comes in, it will destroy everything inside of your mind and take everything with it in the most torturous way possible. Not in the most effective way possible. No, no, no. That would be merciful. It does it in the most torturous way possible. It goes into every nook and cranny of your life and affects every relationship that you have and every thought that you have, every piece of art that you are creating. 
It is not okay to have that inside of there. Wow, that was a really, 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 really intense podcast. I really hope you made it out on the other end inspired, enlightened, you know, hopeful for the future, realizing that these feelings that you've been having are probably nothing more than distortions and that you currently, you currently more than likely have the tools in order to combat them. Now, listen, if you are one of the very few marginal examples that tries CBT and it's not working out for you, do not shame yourself. Okay. If you, if you have an extensive mental disorder, that's okay. That's okay. We are not judging you for that. Receive the help that you need. There is other resources out there, but what I'm talking about is the 98%, the 98% of problems that can and will be solved by cognitive behavioral therapy. So donation, if this really inspired you, if this resonated with you, if this helped you literally in any way, please take a screenshot right now, tag me on an Instagram story at dot underscore nation, and please share this with someone. Okay. If there is someone I, I've, I've done my responsibility now by sharing something that, that resonates with me that I found true. I've done my responsibility with sharing it with you. Now, if you, if this resonated with you, if it helped you and you choose not to help someone else with it, that's no longer on me. That's on you. Okay. Now, if it didn't help you by all means, don't share it, but don't share it. But we're all in this together. And now you you have a responsibility to help those people that you feel like this could help. Okay, so please share this with them. Donation, thank you so much for coming through to this week's episode. I'd love to hear from you. And if you'd like more episodes like this, please send me a DM over on Instagram. I'd love to know more about that. And with that being said, I'll talk to you soon.